0: Hey guys, Jason Davis here Uh, with everything that's going on out there in culture, in the school system, especially the public school system, right? And drag shows and everything in between, our kids are under attack daily. And that's why I wanted to tell you today about the Tuttle Twins books. Tuttle Twins is really, it's the only books uh, that I know of for kids that really help them develop critical thinking skills about real world concepts, economies, finance, government, freedom, liberty, the free market, how to be self-reliant and outside the system. Right now, we just all have to recognize the world's full of companies and people and politicians that want to expose and influence our kids and ideas that we don't support. And so that includes school teachers, unfortunately. So Tuttle Twins empowers parents. I encourage you to check them out at TuttleTwins.com. Or if you go to my website at DontTreadOnLiberty.com and go to Freedom Partners under Tuttle Twins, there is a special offer for you. So DontTreadOnLiberty.com under Freedom Partners, check out the Tuttle Twins, and we do have a special offer for you. Well, let's get back to the show. I hope you enjoy this week. God bless. Fighting back against the left's nonstop attacks on liberty, freedom, and America. America. This is Don't Tread on Liberty. Jason Davis is on the air. Welcome back to Don't Tread on Liberty. Thanks for joining us. And elections right around the corner. So it looks like it is going to be very chaotic. Today, I wanted to talk to someone who knows a little something about elections, fresh off his run for the U.S. Senate in Arizona. It's Demand Daniel. Dan McCarthy is back with us. Dan, thanks for being here. How are you? I'm great, Jason. Thank you very much for having me, man. Thanks for being on. So I have to say, I mean, this is probably the most important election in my lifetime and maybe in the history of the country. I don't know if that would be overstating that at all. But I wanted to ask you, as someone you know who just ran for office, Everything we're hearing now about voter fraud, I mean, they're finding bags of ballots in trash cans and ditches on the side of the road and in U.S. post office uh, storage containers and all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, as someone who just ran, I mean, do you feel like the mail-in ballots is the is the prime thing to be watching out for, or is there other fraud involved as well, even in person?
1: Well, that's the scariest part about what you just said, is, is that It's the most consequential election probably in our history. We're at a fork as a country. So we're at a fork in the road. And as we're going through this process of deciding what our identity is going to be as a country, because that's literally what's at stake this election, we don't have any integrity in the process. So it stems from so many different opportunities for fraud. So it could be that the postal office is biased or employees of the postal office are biased and they just literally destroy ballots. Or it could be a coordinated attack through the postal service or through the state recorder's office. Or it could be a kid in their basement that's doing what's called fraction magic, um, running computer code and affecting the elections on a federal level or a a state level. You just don't know how bad it is. Uh, Anyone that's listening to this, I promise you it's far worse than what what you could imagine.
0: And what you just said there—I mean, if some kid in his basement can do something like that, I'm sure that these big tech social media companies—I mean, you're probably talking about a thousand times worse, right?
1: Oh yeah, no, I—I'm pretty confident at this point. I have no faith in the integrity of our elections. This was the first time ever that I—I I voted in the general election where I thought to myself, my vote really doesn't matter. Uh, I never and. and all the years that I have voted, I've been voting since I've been 18 years old. I've never had that thought that that there there was no integrity in, in the actual voting process. But I'm, I'm quite confident that there's not.
0: And it's interesting because the Democrats still seem very worried because they are out doing all kinds of things trying to change the law um, in states right before the election. I mean, they filed over 300 lawsuits so far. That I know of across the country. There were two right here in Arizona. Luckily, I think we got them reversed, but they're on appeal. So they're trying to change the deadline of when you can vote and when they can be counted and all of those types of things. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, think of it like this. I mean, if if this is really is going on, what I'm suggesting, let's just theorize for a second that there is sophisticated voter fraud that's happening. The last thing you want the public to do is be aware of it. So the last thing you're going to do is, is make it seem like status quo is not the same as it always is. So it's, I'm not surprised that life is going on as normal and the theater is going on as normal. I just think over the past, you know, five to 10 years, mainly, uh, they've made significant strides of actually controlling election results, uh, through fraud. And I think we may be at the pinnacle of that, this election cycle we'll find out. I mean, look, you can look at a Trump rally picture and see tens of thousands, in some cases, hundreds of thousands of people show up. And you've got Biden who can't even get a, – a, a, Biden couldn't even pull the numbers I was pulling. He couldn't even pull it close to what I was pulling here uh, in Arizona.
0: No, he has like 12 people show up to one of his rallies.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I mean I, I, think, I think the reality of it is is that if Trump doesn't win, I mean it's clear that there's probably something going on.
0: Yeah. I mean, I agree with that completely. I I don't think there's any way that he doesn't win unless it's rigged. Uh, I, I totally agree with that. So here's the bad thing. Regardless of who wins, I believe that civil unrest and violence will increase no matter what. And the left has been saying this all along. Even if Biden is elected, they're not going to stop until everything, the whole system is changed. So what do you see happening regardless of who might win? What's coming our way?
1: Yeah, so we've been under a insurrection for a long time. It's now been going on for a hundred plus years, where you've had a small group of people that have been attempting to overthrow the United States system. Um, It is now at the pinnacle. So the hard work that they've been working towards and and striving towards, um, they're all in at this point. This mask mandate that we're all facing, this communication of vaccines and All of these things that are happening, let's face the facts that these are not normal occurrences. So I'm absolutely confident that there is going to be some form of mass rioting that will take place on election night. I would presume it'll probably start happening around election day and you'll start to see some fairly serious orchestrated attacks. I would suggest that um, there's nothing we can really do about that at this point meaning that these are going to happen regardless of the situation. So yeah, I think there's going to be some serious mass unrest starting on election day. And it'll be very interesting to see how fast they either get stifled down or my bigger concern is the government comes in to try to save the day. Uh, If we start seeing the government saying things like, okay, we need a curfew or we need lockdowns or we need this or that. And you notice that you're starting to see these reports of COVID-19 increasing very quickly. You're seeing, you're seeing how, mm-hmm. you know, so you notice that the coordination right around election day and the huge spike that's starting to happen again of coronavirus is, is creating another storm. So yeah, I, I would um, I would suggest that things could get a little hairy after election day for sure.
0: And you mentioned this insurrection that's been going on, I think we both would agree this is probably all emanating out of the university system, right This is where they've been radicalizing kids since the sixties um and now it's trickling down into high school, middle school, and even in some cases elementary school. so here's the problem unless we take care of the school system, we are never going to be able to stop this. What can we do number one because the university system is you know, really, in a lot of ways, out of the public's reach. Um, so, so what can we do as a society to correct this?
1: Well, it's easy, really. We just have to completely unplug. I, I, it's imperative that if you have school aged children or grandchildren or whatever the case may be, um, at this point, you have to look at education. And when I say education, I mean federal, federally controlled education. Any federally controlled education or any public education. We've got to pull our children out of these systems as quickly as possible. We have to do this because if we don't, we're continuing to feed the monster. So, you know, my children, they, they've been homeschooled now for, for a few years. It's a much different world today. Uh, we've got to take our kids out of school because I look at public education or federally controlled education at this point as a form of child abuse. I mean, you're actually you're actually abusing your child by putting them through this type of indoctrination. So sure. the only thing we ha- we have to get we have to get our kids out of the schools.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now that on a local level and obviously parents have more control over their local school boards and things like that and or just homeschooling, private schooling, all of that. But more of what I mean is like the university system. How are we going to change that?
1: Same thing. We we've got to stop holding the university system up on a, a on a pedestal. We can't continue to say that you need a college educated degree in order to have a career or a livelihood. We've got to drain them of their power. And I, I was talking one of one of the people that was on my campaign was a young woman. She was a, she's an ASU student. I I told her, I said, get out of school immediately. She goes, I can't quit school. I can't quit college. I said, yes, you can. Get out. Why? I'll I'll find you. What line of work do you want to work in? Let me try to find a, a, a business owner or a company that's looking for hiring. I'll give you a reference. Let's get you in right away to the career that you want to pursue. Because I think most people are waking up to the fact that a college education is not necessary. Now, in cases where it is necessary, because you have to have that degree, In those cases, we've got to start recommending that people stay away from these uh, state universities or these extreme left universities, which happens to be about 80% of them. We've got to find those universities that are not politically motivated and that will treat treat our children the way they should be treated, which is as a, a bright young mind that doesn't need to be indoctrinated. But these are really the only actions that we can take. We've got to take action as Americans. And we've got to fully mobilize around the idea that supporting these flat out communists, I mean, that's what they are, supporting them, uh, we're self mutilating ourselves uh, and we're self mutilating our society. Look, one more thing about this. I recently made a, I I put my money where my mouth is, okay? I don't, I don't, I don't just say these things to you guys as a hypocrite. Uh, Recently, I made a huge investment into a social media platform by the name of MeWe, M E W E, MeWe. And they they were kind enough to let me buy in. It's a private organization. I have a huge stake of ownership now in that social media platform because I, I'm going to be moving off of Facebook and Twitter and all these social media platforms after the election sometime. That have again, we've been paying for them to censor us and to basically harm our society. So we've got to, as conservatives, make action happen. We can't we can't sit by anymore and and let things just happen. We got to we got to do something about it.
0: I agree. And yeah, social media is a huge problem. There's no doubt. So let's move to Arizona. Mark Kelly has been polling better than McSally. Um, However, I don't really believe the polls just like I don't believe him with Trump. But here's my question. Mark Kelly is extremely vulnerable on the Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this could this issue could put him away easily. Why is McSally not attacking him on ads or anywhere else for that matter on the Second Amendment?
1: You know, it's that question right there. I I wish that that question, every Arizona voter forever hears that question that you just asked. It's actually the most important question. Why is it that the easiest race, this is the easiest race possible. You've got Trump on top of the ticket. Arizona is a red state. Why would you not beat this man to the ground? on the gun issue alone. You could win on the second amendment alone. And and the fact that she isn't doing that tells you something. And I'll tell you what it tells you. Her stance on second amendment issues are very similar to Mark's. They will both vote on red flag laws. They will both vote on laws that will take away uh, our privacy in our rights when it comes to the second amendment. And if you say to me, Daniel, no, that's not true. She's got the NRA rating and she said this. Guys, it's on record. You can look at her videos. She said this stuff. And and she's a McCainite. She's a she's a fake Republican. As soon as she gets elected, she's going to do whatever they tell her to do in Washington, D.C. She doesn't care about what she says. It's, it's just a reality. So the reason she won't hit him on the Second Amendment issues is because it actually opens up the area for her where Mark Kelly could simply say, well, wait a second, Martha. You agree with these issues, too. You notice she didn't bring it up during the debate. Did you watch the debate at all between her and Mark?
0: Yeah. I mean, there was something very brief, and and there wasn't much at all about it. I was just baffled. Yeah. I I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, and, and, you know, the only thing I could think of at the time was, uh, you know, maybe she doesn't want to attack him because his wife got shot. Maybe her people fear the sympathy for the situation that he endured but he was anti-gun well before that ever happened
1: oh yeah i I mean look this is an easy easy race to win all you have to do is just stay on that one literally that one point i'm in arizona i do not want the government telling me anything to do with my firearms period i have uh i have guns I have, I'm have. i an avid shooter and there is so many of me out here in Arizona that you could have made us Raven fans. We would have went to war for a candidate uh, as long as they would fight on that issue alone against someone like Mark Kelly, who's clearly there, clearly there on an agenda for gun control. So look, I am extremely disappointed. Uh, I have I've made it very clear. A lot of people have come down on me because they're like, hey man, you really should be out supporting her, out doing this. Why it she's not going to first of all, she's there to lose. She's she's not going to beat this guy if she does. Great. I mean, I I hope she hope she does really. I mean, but it's not going to happen. So it's look, we're in a really tight situation as a state. It's a very interesting race Uh, watching what's been going on with our state for a long time makes someone like myself stop what we're doing and focus on politics until the
0: situation is fixed. So speaking of the state, the Speaker of the House, Rusty Bowers, I sent him an email. It was very stern, um, urging him to get the legislature back in session to rein in the governor on the COVID restrictions that you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Now, I was fairly stern in the email and I got to hand it to him because I didn't get a canned response okay, he actually took some time and wrote me several paragraphs. Now, I'm not going to read it to you, but I will tell you that essentially, you know, he basically starts by saying, you know, you can be mad at me and threaten me all you want, but tell me how to get there. He needs two thirds. He basically is saying, you know, where am I going to find 11 Democrats? I'm saying, well, all you need is all the Republicans, right? Like, He's not like he's not able to get every Republican. Yep. So then he basically says that um, he's got bigger fish to fry than mass. He's more worried about fending off the millions of dollars that are pouring into these state races, trying to get Republicans thrown out of office. Um, And I'm sure all of that is very true. But here my thing is this, like you're the speaker of the house. You're the leader of the body. If you can't get everybody back in session, what good are you?
1: Bingo. Yes, yeah, so Jason, think of it like this. Okay, this is a type of political nonsense that you have to kind of read between the lines. Let me let me based off what you're saying, I know you paraphrase the email, but let me just explain to you what Rusty Bowers just said. We stopped, we closed session when we shouldn't have and we set ourselves up to put ourselves in this predicament where we couldn't reopen session because we didn't want to interfere with what the governor told us not to interfere with. They are afraid of the governor and this is not conspiratorial, it's the facts. The facts are is, is that these people, for some reason, are scared of our governor. Our governor is a tyrant. He is a either a mafia tide or a um, – obviously, this guy is very scary to our state politicians Okay, because they, they literally are in fear. Listen, we, no one cares whether or not you have the votes to have an emergency session. Get your butt, Rusty, downtown at the Capitol every single day. If I was in Rusty's position, every day that goes by, I would be down at the Capitol – and I would be, first of all, we wouldn't have closed session, right? I would, have, I would have worked every single hour of every day never to close that session as the governor was trying to run away with power. But that's besides the point. Let's say he's in this situation. What he should be doing is he should be downtown every single day at the Capitol with, with, any, with going Facebook Live, going on every social media platform he possibly can, literally not stopping until the, enough political pressure is put on those 11 Democrats that he needs and all those Republicans to get an, a session back in order. They could have. Won- He's talking about not winning an election. If he wanted to win an election so bad, he would have acted like a Republican. Because then all of us Republicans would have gotten involved and said, "Oh my gosh, we have a fighter for us. We'd be down there with him at the Capitol." So these excuses that you hear from these people, like, "Oh, you know, we have to, we have to try to win our elections uh, first. What good is the election if you guys between now and <laughs> in January?" If you guys give the governor more of these unchecked powers, uh, you guys have all failed. I frankly could care less at this point if they're a Republican or Democrat. They're the same, they're the same being. Uh, it's, it's not a swamp in Arizona. It's a hot tub. They're all together. <laughs> it, it's, it's disgusting.
0: Now, he does mention that he says he's been meeting with President Fan to work out a framework to put the legislature into the emergency governance in the next session. I assume he means trying to cut the governor out of it.
1: I'm not going to hold my breath, Jason. I, I'm I'm not going to hold my breath. These guys are all talk. They are the phoniest criminals I've ever seen in my life. I call them criminals on purpose because they are actually partaking in criminal activity. What I mean by that is is this. You have a fiduciary responsibility as a as an official when you take an oath of office, you have an, a fiduciary responsibility. Rusty knows things and he's not telling us those things. Uh, Karen Fan knows things and she's not telling us those things. And when they do talk, these people are literally, they're neglecting their responsibility uh, of their office by not disclosing information to the public that they should. And when you get those little bits of information, like emails like that, they actually say a lot more than what people will realize. Karen Fan, by the way, she sent an email off to one of our big supporters back in, I want to say May when they closed session down. And she said, oh, well, if we, if we close or if we stop these shutdowns, we're going to stop getting the federal money. Well, there you have it, folks. What Karen fan basically said in writing was, well, we can step all over your rights as Arizonans because we've got to get those federal dollars. And that's what you're dealing with, with these people. They're, they're frankly, incredibly stupid. I I hate to say it so brashly, but man, they're just dumb people. I I mean, that's really the bottom line. You get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. You you know what I mean? These guys are making, they're making $30,000 or 40, whatever they're making per year. They're a bunch of bums. And and Rusty Bowers, that guy should be down at the Capitol every single day. He's got no excuses. Get down to the Capitol every single day. Put pressure on the governor and and create exposure around the fact that your governor is running away with the power and no one's doing anything about it. And that's how you win elections. That's how you get the whole uh, mobilized grassroots behind you is when you start doing the right things.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. One last thing on the election. So when these generals come around, all of our judges are on the ballot, right? Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of people I know, they don't take one second to look into these judges. (laughs) Yeah. And they're just either leaving those all blank or they're just filling in whatever, um, you know, yes on all of them or no on all of them or whatever. Tell people how important it is to have great judges on the bench.
1: Oh, it's so important. I mean, it is so important. And if you're one of those that say, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna not vote for these individuals. It's really a shame. If 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 voting is real, right? <laughs> um, you've got to make sure that you that you find a good guide for the judges. And there's plenty of good guides. All you have to do is a little bit of research online. And there's great conservatives that do great work of researching all of these judges, and they'll tell you who this you know who the better who the proper choices are in Arizona. Um, So just do a little bit of extra work and do the little bit of research and you're going to find a list of of great judges to support and which ones not to support. There's tons of them we can't support. But I will say this. I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it. If you are one of those people and you're not going to take that extra step to actually research the judges and you don't care what I say, at least vote no for all of them. Uh, Vote them out not to retain them. Uh, Don't vote them all in. Uh, because a lot of them should not be there, okay? So it is kind of the golden rule that with judges, if you're not going to take the time and do the research to vote no on all of them, and that's far better than voting yes on all of them.
0: So last time you were on with me, you gave me the prediction on the McSally-Kelly race. What's your prediction for the presidential race?
1: Um, I think Trump pulls off a three-point win here in Arizona. I think he's going to win by no less than three points. I think he's going to have a a fairly successful night. I mean, this is obviously again if <laughs> if voting uh, can be left alone, I think it's it's gonna be overwhelming Trump winning across the country. I think he's gonna pull off the majority of of states that people are concerned about. I, I still don't see how Martha wins um, I just she did everything wrong you possibly could do wrong I mean I, I it, like I said, I think she's trying to lose i've I've kind of always had that feeling, but I think Martha loses by two points, so I think you have. Trump ahead by three, Martha down by two, and I think that'll probably be the head of your ticket. I'm really pulling for Jerry Sheridan here, though, in Maricopa County.
0: We need our, we need our sheriff, Jerry Sheridan. We, we need a great sheriff, there's no doubt about it, and I met Jerry a few times um, back in the day when I used to carry a badge, but um, I hope that he does win. We absolutely need him. McSally, I mean, do you feel that she's going to lose because of... Gabby Giffords, for whatever reason, is very, very admired and liked here in Arizona. She was in office for many years before her incident. Is it because of that? Or do you think that it's just because Kelly's outdone her in this campaign?
1: Um, I think it's a combination of all the of everything. I mean, she, she didn't get into the Second Amendment. She's very clumsy as a politician. By the way, she never reached out to me. Uh, I reached out to her on... I I don't even know how many separate occasions we reached out to her at least five times. Uh, We reached out to her through uh, direct mail correspondence as well. So I, I actually sent her a letter. I've sent her emails. We've called her. We attempted everything in our power to reach out to her to say, "Hey, come on, let's let's fix this so we can at least try to patch up the base of the party." You know, I think in a roundabout way, we ended up with about thirty percent of the vote. We, which by the way, with the amount of spending we had, that means we paid, I think, like I forget what it was, like four dollars a vote in comparison to Martha's like hundreds of dollars per vote that she paid during the primary. When your support is that fickle, where you have to pay for it then you at least got to make sure that you are going to do the right things alongside of paying for it. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, I think the Republican Party is too burnt right now. Uh, They're so hung over from John McCain that they are are not gonna they're not gonna mark her name. They just they just won't do it. They won't mark Mark Kelly's name, but they they're not gonna mark Martha's. And you can say that people are terrible for doing that and they should just blindly follow Martha, but I'm telling you folks, if you look through her record, it speaks for itself. She did this to herself. So I tried to help her. I did everything in my power to help her.
0: Yeah, I mean she's not the best choice. So I'll agree with you, but I, I I really hope you're wrong. I mean I hope she pulls this out. We cannot have another blue Senator in the Senate. We can't have two blue senators in our state. We just can't have it.
1: You know what, man, I got to tell you, uh, I would agree with your statement there f- wholeheartedly, except for one thing is that she's just as blue as, as anyone else. She's just not, you're not going to see that during an election. You're not going to see it during an election, but mark my words a year from now, if she does win and she passes or she drafts a bill or she's out there pushing the mask mandates or doing all the things that she's already been doing. Remember, This time last year, she was pushing a bill to make white nationalist domestic terrorism. So she wanted to take a guy like me and say, if you're a white nationalist, you're a domestic terrorist. So folks, I hate to break it to you. You've already got two blue senators now, um, but that's okay. I can't, like I said, it's not my job to persuade everybody of that. Everyone's got to come to those conclusions on their own. What you're getting with Martha is a Washington, D.C. deep state bureaucrat. Absolutely. I'm telling you, and she's going to bite us if she wins or loses. It doesn't matter. So I it's a, it's a terrible that, situation.
0: Yeah, it is. I just think that she is better than Kelly, even by if it's just a little bit, better is still better.
1: Let me ask you this question. Do you know what the Fix Knicks program was that was passed by President Trump. Fix Nix was something that Martha was a yes vote on in the house, which is a gun control. It was the the first federally controlled. You remember the bump stock ban that was created? The bump stock ban? Yes. Okay. Alongside of that was something called Fix Nix. And Fix Nix, what they did was, is they closed the loophole. So what happens is, is that when you go to a uh, gun show, technically now the gun show has to do a background check on you if you decide. So they, they created a national database of gun users through the, they fixed the gun registry program. President Trump did that, by the way. President Trump did. Martha was a yes vote on it from the House. They attached that gun bill to a appropriation spending bill. So what they did was is they tied it to a spending bill and made it to where, okay, if you're going to get this spending bill passed, you've got to pass this uh, gun measure as well. The reason I bring this to your attention is this. If Barack Obama had signed that bill with that gun control, gun owners would be in the streets fighting back against President Obama if he did that. I mean, there would be mass hysteria from the right if Obama had done that. But President Trump did it. And as a result, everyone just sits there docile and says, oh, okay, it's it's President Trump. We We have to worship the ground he walks on because it's President Trump. Well, I'm telling everyone, look, we've got to stop this. this we can't continue to go down this path. This is very bad. Republicans are doing what Democrats are supposed to be doing, folks. And not everywhere, not everywhere, but on really important matters they are, like spending. I mean, they're spending us into an oblivion. Obama, I'm sorry, Trump and uh, Biden on the debates. they were talking about a race to socialism. They were fighting with each other on who was more socialist, right? So look, I'm with you. I'm all for playing the right versus left, but we've got to get out of the mindset of this political theater because that's what it is. It's WWF, wrestling. Um, the outcomes, are, you know, these people work together. So uh, that's my tangent for the day, I, I promise you.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, you're right. We need, we need our candidates. Uh, we need a totally different type of candidate. I agree. All I'm saying, this is all I'm saying, is that for now, all we have are two choices. Yeah, I know. I, and for me, what's the lesser of the two evils? Well, you
1: know, I think that those days are gone. Uh, when we're talking about infringing on our rights, the way that the the right and the left are, I think those days are gone. They They're they no longer afforded the luxury of saying the lesser of two evils is the right choice because they're both evil. And like I was saying in that analogy, if imagine Obama had done that, you know, if Mark Kelly wins, this is only a two-year term. So what's going to happen is, is that You're going to see every great conservative come out of the woodworks to go against Mark Kelly. And you're going to see everyone in their power fighting. We have a governor's seat coming up in 2022. Folks, I am not suggesting I want anyone to win that Senate seat. okay? But what I'm telling you is is that I hope that the wake-up call, regardless— of Martha or Mark winning, I hope that the wake-up call is very loud. We can no longer do this. We're losing our rights, and we're going down. Ti- we're going down a road of tyranny I've never imagined before.
0: Here, here's my question, Dan. If and all of that you just said is absolutely true, and it's been happening to us for a long, long time. Yep. If all of this COVID stuff hasn't shown people, which apparently it hasn't, because right. <laughs> when I go out, I see everybody driving down the street wearing a mask by themselves yep. in their car. So. <laughs> So if that hasn't shown people, what will?
1: Oh, you know it's funny you say that. I I you know, I look at things a little bit differently when it comes to the mass thing as as harsh as I am and as as brash as I am about it. I do think I find it amazing that Americans, good-hearted Americans will do anything they can in their power, even muzzle themselves to to think that they're helping their neighbor. Once they realize that they've been deceived and they're not truly helping their neighbor, they're actually indoctrinating themselves into conditioning themselves into some type of tyranny. They'll wake up to that. I have faith in that. I have faith in this country. I think our better days are ahead. I think we're going to get through all of this mess, but we're going to need real leadership. It's time. We got to put egos aside. We got to put, we got to put all of our our motives aside and say, okay, how do we find the best leaders to guide our state and our nation through the most frankly, turbulent times we've ever encountered before in our history. The rise of technology, the rise of, we have so many issues on the horizon. that are not even being talked about water. I mean, the list goes on and on and, and we are, we can't even get out of the hole to fight those bigger issues. So it's time for real leadership. 2022 is going to be a fun year. I'm excited to be involved in 2022 in, in some way, shape or form.
0: I hope you're right about all of that. Dan McCarthy is with us. Dan, thank you for coming on. It's ArizonaNewParty.com if you want to get into a new, better party. Dan, thanks again. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jason, for everything, man. Thanks for listening to Don't Tread on Liberty with Jason Davis. Subscribe on Google Play, iTunes, or your favorite platform. For more Liberty news, check out www.donttreadonliberty.com and subscribe to the blog or join the conversation.